Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and with me is my co-host, Shawnee. Hello, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. How you doing, How Bridget? are you? I'm good, because Hi. we was just making up a, a new jingle over here, and y'all yes. y'all weren't here for it, but it was real R&B, man. It was like, Romance at a Glance. And, mm. oh. Mm. Romance at a Glance. <laughs> Good times. You guys, when we first made our jingle, this is a funny little insider tidbit. Shawnee sent me a version of it that was like country. Do you remember that version, Shawnee? I remember And she sent it to me and she's like, What do you think? And I was like, Not to be mean, but I hate it. <laughs> hate everything about it. Don't like it. First of all, does not fit, does not fit the vibe. First of all, I, I vaguely remember this, but but one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that, like, so if you work in anything where you have to like give someone deliverables to choose from, you always mm-hmm. put one in there that is just terrible, like so that mm-hmm. in comparison. The one you really want them to pick, they will just pick that one because it's not as bad. I mean, I appreciate that, except for that you only sent me one version, and I was like, I hope you have another version because I hate this one. I had three versions. I did not like it. No, I think the one, our little chant that we did, I think is the cutest. And I feel like it sums us up, you know, because we came up with it on the fly. You started going, I started chiming in, and then it all sort of worked together. It was, it was perfect. It's romance. It's romance. Yes. You guys, we were having a very slow morning. We were supposed to start recording this episode two and a half hours ago. And me and Johnny have been on the computer together just talking about stuff. I just watched the David Beckham documentary on on Netflix. We've been talking about some hot goss in the social media uh, circles of TikTok. We were talking talking about the blind items. uh, What's it? We were talking about some blind Goodwin and and Tom Hanks affair. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about some blind items. We were talking about just all kinds of nonsense. And all of a sudden they go, I probably should have my magic mind so that we can get this show on the road. We sure did. We both we were like, hey, you're going to go get your magic mind? Yeah, we'll go get my magic mind. Yeah. And now look at us. We are uh, 10 we minutes started. later. We're started. <laughs> we're ready. We're here. We're in the streets. I feel much more energetic and clear because I had no energy. I was up way too late last night doing nonsense. Nothing Mm -hmm. exciting, just doing nonsense. The kids woke me up early as per usual. And yeah, it's just been one of those. And it's raining here in in the old Chicagoland area. And so I've been like, what I should be doing is curled up on the couch, drinking tea, reading a book. And instead, I'm here talking to you, Shawnee, and trying to get shit done. So now that my brain is clear, I'm ready to go. You ready? You feeling good? Magic Bridget. mind, course through your veins? Bridget, that, that magic mind is pumping through my veins right now. I'm so happy you reminded me because yesterday was a shit show. I didn't take it. It was the first time I haven't taken it in a long time. And it was a mm-hmm. shit show yesterday. Why can't I focus? And it was like 8 o'clock at night, and I go, oh, yeah, I never... I never took my magic mind. But my my partner was gone for a couple days and it changed the routine. Normally he passes Mm. it to me first thing in the goddamn morning because he don't want me to go a day without magic mind. I I kid you not. He goes, did you take your magic mind? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. My dad has been staying with me for the last week and he's like, hey, uh, do you have any of those little green bottles that you gave me around? And I said, oh yeah, there's some of the fridge, dad, you want some? I was like, go ahead, you take one. And he's like, yeah, you know, give. why don't you sign me up with your code? I said, dad, why don't you sign your own goddamn self up, okay? So he, I had to like go with him on his computer. He has a lot of executive dysfunction. Sign him up with our code to get his magic mind. He got his 20% off, got his subscription. And of course he was like, well, you know, how long does it take to get there? I was like, dad, you could take home a box with you. You could take a little box with you. It's okay. <laughs> First of all, why, why do our parents do this? Because my mom, I sent her a box, right? Um, she yeah. ran out. She ran out, and I just talked to her, and I said, "Mom, you, like, how do you like it? Is it good?" She's like, "Yes, but I don't have any more." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I sent you the link, and she goes, "Just sign me up. Just, just you, you could just no. sign me up. Do no. it for me. I, I'll give you my card details, Mom. By the time you give me your card details, you could have done, done it. You could have done it. I will sit on the phone with you while you get your shit together. I actually just stood next to him while he filled it all out." so that he could do it and you, it worked you and buddied did him. It. I did I did you know what's so funny is I told him about that I was like oh yeah Shawnee you told me about this thing where you like do work at like someone's in the room with you as someone with ADHD and because they're in the room with you you're able to do all your stuff regardless of whether they're talking to you regardless of whether they're doing work or they're just like making dinner or whatever and he so he was here for the last week and he said Bridget I got more stuff done you're right about that whole you being in the room thing I got more done now than I've done in the last month <laughs> and he's taking his magic mind every day so <laughs> you heard it here folks everybody and take magic mind <laughs> All right, so if you want to get your magic mind, go to magicmind.com backslash romance20 um, to get your magic mind and to use our code. And if you use our code, you help support the show, which you should do because we out here giving you this good, good for free. Yes, it helps us run helps us run the podcast, pay for the website, pay for the podcast hosting, translations. We like to do translations to make sure that everyone can access our show, even if they, for some reason, can't listen to it. They can read along uh, and read along with all of our interviews and things that we do. So it really helps the podcast. So if you're thinking of trying, use the code ROMANCE20, magicmind.com forward slash ROMANCE20. And the link is course is in the description of the app that you should so choose to listen to us shani are you ready to get night embraced by sherilyn kenyon poppin i'm ready to get night embraced because i am ready to dive into some paranormal give me that paranormal yeah romance at a glance uh-huh romance at a glance romance at a glance go ahead girl all right, you guys, so we <clears throat> we are talking Night Embrace by Sherilyn Kenyon. This is book two of the Dark Hunters series. If you missed it a couple months ago, we reviewed book one. And we're like slowly going to make our way through this, you guys. There's a lot of books in this series, but I love them. And so we are sort of, you know, peppering one in here and there because paranormal's great. And I hope that you all are reading some of these OG titans of the paranormal space. Me too. I, uh... I'm actually excited to reread this. I vaguely, vaguely remember reading this. So it's like a new book to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was the audiobook? Uh, the audiobook was fine. I really, excuse <clears throat> me, the audiobook was fine. I actually really liked um, the narrator. Her name is Carrington MacDuffel or Duff, Duffy. No, 
Her name is Carrington McDuffie. And uh, she does a great job. I think she actually really nails the quirkiness of Sunshine, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, and her timing, she has really good like comedic timing. And I think you needed that for this book because there's a lot of jokes that if the timing was off or it was read a little drier, it wouldn't work. I agree with that. This book has a ton of characters. Like Nick is super sarcastic. He's one of the squires. Um, you have obviously like Talon, um, who's getting ribbed by Wolf and Ash and Sunshine. Like everyone is ribbing Talon all the time. So I, I can see that that helping. How did you like the cover? Um, so the cover I have is from Audible and it's like um I don't know, the moon in the distance, a full moon with clouds in front of it and water and like a little shaky pier. And I will tell you that the cover makes me feel like this is like a, kind of like a, not a horror novel, but a, a like an M. Night Shyamalan, what do you, what do you call this? Like suspense thrillers. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what it makes me feel like. Um, uh-huh. I don't mind it because anything to do with supernatural creatures kind of gives you that whole full moon vibe. But if I were to like see this with, this cover without like knowing it was a romance novel, I would not think it was a romance novel. Gotcha. So <laughs> I have what I believe is the newer version of the trade paperback, which is kind of a green cover with like a Celtic circular kind of symbol. And it's almost like a neonish green. And it says Sherilyn Kenyon in giant letters. Cause obviously she's selling this book and then night embrace and like bold letters. And I like it because the whole series got like a redesign. Um, and I like that they're all like kind of color coded and they're all similarly like sort of abstract. They don't really tell you very much about the book, but they all sort of fit together on your shelf, which I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> the original cover had like a face on it, um, still in that same greenish color. And then there was another cover, the blue one you had. And then there was another one that had this like, this kind of a leaned back throat of a lady, which I think is like the least close to what this book is about. <laughs> um, but looking at that blue cover you have, I totally agree. I either think it's going to be a werewolf book because there's a moon or definitely some sort of like murder someone got drowned or something in this water yeah that's that's basically what it's like what lies beneath you know like that's what i expect yes. yeah <laughs> so go. this book originally came out in 2003 and it is set in new orleans and it is the story of talon who is an ancient celtic warrior who was killed by who killed the son of a god calamus who was a celtic god and so Calamus cursed Talon, decreeing death for everyone that he loved. And now he is a dark hunter because he sold his soul to Artemis so that he could come back for his vengeance. And he's been fighting the Apolites who basically are kind of like vampires. If you've never read the series, they drain the blood and souls of people so that they can stay alive because the Apolites are all cursed to die at 26 if they don't do that. And he's a dark hunter, so they fight against the Apolites. And Talon meets Sunshine, who is a painter, sort of a free-spirited woman. And she's not a girl, which I appreciated. She is a grown-ass woman with a grown-ass career and friends and a full life. And so she's sort of the the key to getting him his soul back. and also the reincarnated 
uh, soul of his wife from his human life. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about these books is first of all, I feel like these books hold up better than a lot of books from 2003. Yeah. And secondly, I really like that these books really have the main characters on the same side versus external forces. So it's not the two of them are having strife in their own relationship all the time. They're getting pulled apart in this case because he was cursed that whoever he loved would die. So he pushes her away so that he doesn't fall in love with her because he doesn't want her to die or so that no one knows that he's in love with her so that she won't die. And I like the fact that there's no like miscommunication trope. There's no, like all of the stuff that's happening is like, someone is trying to murder you. Someone is trying to do this evil spell on you. And it's all very much like the two of them, they don't doubt each other. There's a little bit of doubt of like, on her side of like, is he in love with me in my current form or is he in love with his previous wife whose soul I have? So there's definitely a little bit of that, which you need to have a little bit of something going on. But I I do love that most of the stuff is just, you know, Appalites are trying to kill them. Gods are trying to kill them. Like, you know, we find out that Asheron has a brother and he's trying to kill them. (laughs) Okay, first off, identical twin brothers that come out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know why this is such like such a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Even in even when it was a three sixty five, where yeah. he has a twin brother, but nobody talks about mm-hmm. him. It's like the good twin, the mm-hmm. evil twin type thing. Right. That always, I'm not gonna. That always bothers me a little bit because I'm like, if you have an identical twin, Bridget, if you have a fucking identical, you better tell me about that shit. I'm not, I hope. I wish I did. I wish I really did. Wait, but don't you know my? Sister Beth, you'd be like, fuck you. I don't want to I don't want to walk into an uncanny valley of Bridget and be like, what? Okay. Like this happened to me the other day with my with my friend, but it wasn't a twin. It was her, she had a like a like an Irish twin sister, right? Okay. But they looked almost goddamn identical. And they walked into the show that we were doing back to back. And when I tell you my body glitched, like 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 her sister came in first. So I was like, hi, hi. Like I went in for a hug and then I pulled back. It was like this week. (laughs) And then I turn and I see that she's coming in behind her sister. And that's when I'm realizing, Oh no, that's not exactly her. It's a, it's a weird duplicate, you know? Um, So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about mysterious, mysterious twins. I hear what you're saying. I think in general, especially in a contemporary romance, I'm not into it because like the chances of someone not looking on their social media and seeing that there are two of them is zero. But in this case, because he's 11,000 years old and his brother (laughs) has been trapped, (laughs) trapped in um, essentially like a underworld sort of situation for the last 11,000 years. I'm fine with it because no one knows anything. It's been 11,000 years. No one was alive then except for him. Understandable. Relatable. It's understandable. It's relatable that, that, and also he never talks like one thing that they talked a little bit about in this book. And it really got fleshed out more in this book is Talon talks about how he doesn't know very much about Asheron's past. So Asheron, he knows he's the leader of the dark hunters. He knows that he has other powers that the other dark hunters don't have, but he doesn't know anything really about his past. He doesn't really know anything about how he became the leader of the dark hunters. Um, And so I think it's totally understandable that, 
he would have an 11, you know, he's in 11,000 years. It's not like it's, it's not like it's like, you know, modern day. It's like, that's a long time for people to forget someone had a twin. Um, but I do love it. I feel like this series for me is fun because like you said, there's so much stuff that I forgot because I read it the first time in 2003. Yeah. But there's also so many nuggets. Like I really need to get on the old email with um, Sherilyn Kenyon's uh, publicists and publishers and stuff and see if we can interview her because I would love to know if she already knew where this was going to go because there are so many nuggets in this book yeah. that lead to later books that are like later Asheron has his own book which I believe we decided was like books at 15 or something like that and but all of these things that she's putting in place now are important in his book so it's like it's almost like a chicken in the egg did she already know where it was going to go or does she just keep really good track of what she establishes as the world and then just keeps on building upon that? Yeah. I, I'd be, I mean, one, I'd be curious to know uh, that as well. I'd also be curious to know the opposite. If like an author is writing and they're just having fun with it and then shit just starts falling into place, place that they mm-hmm. had, that they were like, oh shit, I did write, I wrote this in book one. I guess I could use this in book seven you know like right. happy little happy little accidents uh yeah. i'd be curious to know if that how often that happens as well um yeah. but you know i mean what i have to, i have to imagine she had a lot laid out because in this book she's introducing the were hunters the arcadians yeah like so the the basically the shifters who are animal and human there's two branches of them one who have like the heart of a wolf and can transform into human and the other ones who have the heart of a human and can transform into wolf. And those two different branches of shifters are at war. And so she introduces like bear shifters in this book with the Peltiers, um, Vane's family of wolf shifters. Um, and a lot of them end up getting books like later on. Uh, there's just so much there's, she even talks about, do you remember anything about Asheron's tattoo? They, she mentions that his tattoo moves around his body in this book and that becomes important later. And I'm like, I'm I'm just having fun reading these books. Like it is filling me. So when we read the Black Dagger Brotherhood and did books one through 11, it filled me with a lot of nostalgia, but also a lot of frustration. Yeah. Because the books are longer. So there's just more room to have things that don't make sense. And they're very inconsistent. Very. And possibly as we go through, like, we'll be on book five and be like, I fucking hate book five. But so far, books one and two have been very consistent for me. The world building makes sense. The The romance is very forward. So there's mythology and there's things. But the romance is the point of this book. This is yeah. a romance novel. There's an aspect of this book that I really love. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I will forever love whatever trope this is. I don't know what trope mm-hmm. it is. But it's like the trope of semi-incompetence, right? So, mm-hmm. and I, I, in my head, I always call it the Sailor Moon. So, so for instance, um, when, uh, when Sunshine and Talon meet, right? He gets hit by a parade float. <laughs> right. And so she, she's trying to take care of him and she loses all his shit. She loses his keys. She loses his favorite pants. He's waking up out of this like stupor or coma or whatever, like sleep knockout. And he's asking her for all of his stuff. And she's like, well, what happened is this happened. And he's like, okay, well, do I at least have this? Well, what happened to that is I dropped it down the drain. And well, I, like, 
And so there's a there's a comedy in that. There's a comedy in I think like a kind of a bumbly type of character that I really do enjoy. You know, and it's like in in Sailor Moon, she was the least competent of her entire friend group at any given time. And half the time in battle, she used to just sit on the ground and just cry. She'd be like, oh, yeah, I can't do this shit, right? <laughs> and I kind of like that the book starts kind of with that with that tone because then it mm-hmm. felt, even as it got like, you know, a little heavier as it went, it still had this real lighthearted, fun mm-hmm. feel that overlaid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she even said as a character that she was expecting him to be mad and then he wasn't. And she was like, oh, but everyone's always mad at me for being, like you said, like incompetent or just flighty or just a you little know, ditzy. not really focused, a little ditzy, a little not focused on things. And that one of the things she liked about him was that he never like judged her or was mean to her about just her natural thing. Um, the other thing I liked about the setting because that's kind of like a world building setting is that it's New Orleans yeah. and you can believe that everyone in New Orleans is somehow connected to some sort of supernatural thing. Yeah. So as they're going through, he's like, Oh, I can't tell you who I am. And then her friend is like, you know, like Tabitha. And he's like, Oh, he's a vampire hunter. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, no, no. The thing that Tabitha is hunting, he's a vampire. Like, and she's totally like, Oh yeah. Oh, you know, Kyrian. Wait, he's married to Gracie. Gracie, oh, you're hot bottom. Like, I love that all of them are, (laughs) like, her grandmother comes over and gives her, like, a premonition reading sort of thing, and she fully 100% believes it. Like, there is no, she's like, oh, yeah, my grandma's always right. Like, I better follow her instructions. Her friend has, like, does reading. Do you want me to do your reading? Like, I see a lot of whatever, and I think that that makes these books so fun that they're set in New Orleans, because if you set it in like Chicago, for instance, that would be so unbelievable that you would know some sort of fortune teller, that you would know some sort of vampire hunter and not be like, put him in the insane asylum. But in New Orleans, like there's a lot more street um, performers and people who have like carts set up on the street for tourists to do readings. Like I got my palms read when I was there. And so I really enjoy that the circle of friends that sort of, the circle of human friends that sort of swirls around the dark hunters in these books. And then also the, like um, the bear shifters own this like sanctuary safe space bar that all these people who are sort of drawn to that paranormal energy end up going to, even though they don't know their wear shifters necessarily, but they're like, Oh my God, I know them. I know the volunteers. I know Dev. And they all sort of are connected, which I find very fun. I did like how we got a little bit of a glimpse, like as each of these books goes through, I remember because you flash back and you kind of see what happened in their past life a little bit and why they became a dark hunter. Um, I really liked, you know, seeing, I feel like a lot of people uh, use, you know, Romans or they use Greek mythology. And I really like that these books also use a lot of other mythologies and a lot of other gods and goddesses and, and people. So like he's Celtic, um, her ancestors are native goddesses or is a native goddess. Um, and so I really like that it's not just that one type, even though those obviously do feature into it. And Artemis is like one of the main characters. Apollo is a big character. 
Um, I like that she mixes through different mythologies, which is really fun because I feel like you always learn a little tidbit, little things about things. Um, and Asheron is one of my favorite characters for obvious reasons. As you guys go through the series, you will understand. And I thought it was fun that you get to like peel back the veneer a little bit. The first book, he's like mysterious and badass, and you don't really learn very much about him. And then in this book, you really see like a lot of his you don't know what the trauma is, but you know, there's a lot of trauma with his brother and you see how much he's willing to sacrifice to Artemis. Um, so that, you know, Talon can have his freedom and be happy. Yeah. You also see what a bitch Artemis is. <laughs> Fuck Artemis. She's the fucking worst. I was about to say the same thing. What a bitch. <laughs> she is a bitch. <laughs> There's something good though about a bona fide bitch. Like it's all there's something to be said about a bad character, like bad as in like I don't know. There's something to be said about a character that sticks to being She does. Bad. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. need you to have a heart of gold later. I don't need you yeah. to it. I want you to be pure chaos. <laughs> yes. And also, like, this is uh, maybe a tiny bit of a spoiler. I mean, the show's oh, about spoilers. You guys know. I was just going to say, she does eventually get a comeuppance. I won't tell you what it is, but she does not, as you said, she does not change her tune. She is a biatch through and through. <laughs> and she is forced to get her comeuppance. She doesn't choose her comeuppance. It is thrust upon her, which I liked. Because I, I agree with you. I hate when someone's like, the baddest of the bad, the baddest of the bad. And then they're like, but I'm going to change my tune at the yeah. end of the hour and I'm going to give you your freedom. No, hard pass. Like, she needs someone to rip that shit from her finger, her bloody fingernails. And, um, which is always exciting. Yeah. I, I also love, did you ever read, I mean, these books came out so long ago, but did you ever read the books about Nick that were about Nick? Mm, no. So. so Nick, Nick is a squire right now. The squires are humans who help the dark hunters. So obviously dark hunters don't go out during the day. And so the squires are the ones who help them like blend into society. They help them buy cars, maintain their houses, mm. treat their wounds, et cetera, et cetera. And Nick is a like young, I think in the book, he's like, they said he's like 20 or something like that. Young. Yeah. Um, he used to work for Kyrian, but then Kyrian now is human. And so now he's been assigned to Talon. Um, and eventually there is a series of young adult books about Nick when he is a teenager. And I also love them because Nick is such a sassy little shithead, but I love that he, I think Ashron even says it, or he even says it about Ashron in this, that everyone treats Ashron as like a removed from them like they treat yeah. him with like formality <laughs> and so he treats ashron like gives him shit tells you know like oh you're changing your hair again like oh my god like you're so cool because he wants ashron to feel less lonely and like more included yeah and i just love nick i i just love these books i think she does such a good job of the like friendship building you know i love a book with a solid group of friends where everyone's weird and quirky and you have like wolf in this book who is like Talon's best friend who he talks to on the phone all the time. And then you have Zarek, who's like a psychopath who comes, but he's really like an animal that's been kicked so many times. And then she gives him like one bowl for free. And he's like, wait, someone is nice. Like 
people aren't all the worst. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he's like completely confused. And I just love that. Like all these little seeds have been planted. It's so fun. Uh, I, uh, yes, I wholly agree with you. I do love a good cast of friends. Like, especially when they're like ride or die type friends, right? Yeah. Which is like, uh, which the other day, look guys, I had to, I actually had to make a video about this because I thought it was fucking hilarious. I text Bridget with like absolutely no context. I was like, Bridget, I need you to take one for the team. <laughs> No fucking context. And I meant to text her immediately the thing that I needed her to do, but I forgot. So, so it was just by itself. And I was like, okay. So it was just by itself. Sure. Right? I, I totally squirreled. Right. And so she hits me up like an hour or two later and she's like, she's like, absolutely. Like, sure. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> I think I said, question mark. Sure. sure. What is this in relation to? <laughs> And I was like, any friend that's like, sure, before they even know what the hell you're about to do, I think I'm like, solid. solid. Yeah, there's always that thing about like, you know, if you're going to bury a body, I'll be there with a shovel or something like that. I don't know that I would go that far. I mean, there are certain contexts. In I which I would sentiment. bury a body with you, but the sentiment is there. The sentiment I figured is it wasn't anything like illegal or crazy you know it's um, funny it's funny though because like <laughs> she just wanted me to read a bad book so she doesn't have to read it yes, I, <laughs> that's what I, she wants she they, knows it's bad and she's trying to force me to read it so she can then comment on it without having read it exactly that's exactly what i need her to do. but like i not only did i know the book was bad but I knew it was bad. Like I just knew yeah. from the, I just knew it was going to be a horrendous, a horrendous read. And that I think yeah. is so desperately unkind that I've asked people to do things that are probably considered worse. But in my mind, that's the worst thing I could ask. Bridget, can you Very really well. read this horrendous? I, know, I, read, I read so much. I'm like, I really don't want to donate one one <laughs> block of my reading time to this book. I was like, well, how much of it do I need to read? 100. percent Like, what's the what's the rate? What do we need? If you just need like a quote about how bad it is, I'll read. That. I just I'll need like a couple, a couple I just chapters need, here and there, you know. <laughs> I just need a couple, a couple quotes about the about the the, the military force in this book. It's a, a oh couple. Boy. I just need some couple takeaways, okay, of oh themes boy. and whatnot. But yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was hilarious because she was like, "I will do this for you, Shani. I will do this for you." <laughs> I will do it for you, my friend. Uh, okay, guys, let's get into our ratings. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast. Shawnee, what would you give Sunshine as a character? I would give Sunshine... Uh, I like Sunshine. I would give her a four. I would give her a solid four. Um, and I like... She's pretty consistent for me throughout the book, um, which I enjoyed. Um, and I enjoyed the lightheartedness. I also liked, in the, in terms of the steaminess or whatever, like, yeah. I liked that they was banging off the bat. Like, they, they were, were getting after it, yeah. She was like, like you are you like me? I like you? We don't do this? And I like that he told her. He's like, she was like, what yeah. do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do you. And she was like, yeah. Okay. Like. Okay. Here, here we go. She's like, well, we can't go outside for the whole day, so let me hop on that dick. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I would say. That's, that's realistic. Right. <laughs>
I would 100%. And they did. Well, from very early on in the book, they was just getting it packed. Yeah. So I like, uh, I loved that she like objectified him too. Like when he was unconscious, her and her friend, who's also an artist, were like, God, just look at the lines of him. And he was like holding his sheet up like higher and higher. And he's like, why are you looking at me like that? Because they're like looking at him like a work of art, not like an actual hot blooded man, you know? Yeah. Uh, Which I thought was very funny. Um, (laughs) I gave her a four also. I thought that she was, um, I thought that she was funny and warm. I feel like sometimes it's hard to, to make someone who feels flighty, like feel warm. I felt like she felt very warm um, to her family and her friends. I also like that she was very independent. He was like, well, shouldn't we ask your brother? And she was like, no, I'm a grown up. I don't need to ask my brother this. Like I'll call them later. Um, I liked that she like trusted her friends and her grandma. Um, I thought it was hilarious that she kept getting in fights with the alligator. (laughs) It was like (laughs) trying to shoo her in at night. So she wouldn't get like nothing bad would happen to her. Um, And I like that she was very upfront with him. Like, I feel like in a different book, her character wouldn't have said like, I'm worried that you love your, your dead wife and not me. Yeah, as I am. And she was very much like, I am worried that you love your dead wife and not me because I've seen her memories and she was a pushover and a ninny and I am neither (laughs) of those things. And I like that he was like recognized that, you know, like the thing that killing the God's son happened because he didn't listen to his wife and she asked him not to go, but his word was law and he did everything he wanted. And she always like capitulated. So yeah. I liked that. He realized like, Oh shit, I better do what sunshine wants. Cause last time that was, you know, my mistake. Yeah. Um, so I also gave her a four. Yeah. I like that. I also like that when he was like, you know, they banged and afterwards she was like, uh-huh. okay, cool. That's the end. He was like, wait, wait, wait. She's like, you're not going to get clingy on me. Right. Bro? Cause like <laughs> yeah, sure. not attractive. It's really just yeah. not. I'm Don't an independent about- artist. I yeah. don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. I, I just that. assume it would be a one and done thing and that's fine with me. <laughs> I don't need your phone number. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, be on your way. Yes. Oh man. So yeah. What did you think about Talon? Same. I gave him a four. Um, Solid character. Like I, I wouldn't give him a five just because I just didn't feel like it was a five. But well, he also was a three. It was a solid four. Man, both of them salt, salt of the earth. These people salt of the earth. People, you know. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I gave him a four. Also, same things. Like I didn't feel like he was so over the top that I was like five stars, five stars, five stars. Yeah. Um, but I really liked him. He didn't make any stupid decisions that made me want to like punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, Same. And I liked that they worked together. Always a good quality. Um, I liked that he didn't do too much of the, I'm going to protect you against your own judgment. He did it a tiny bit, but not really. He sort of explained it, the risks and she like agreed. Okay. I should go. Yeah. Um, he didn't just like put her in a bunker and leave her there or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I did like that. He was just banging, banging that body all day long. I like that. Yeah. He was like, I've had you four times and I'm going to make you come four more times. And I feel yeah. that that is a strong, a strong thing to recommend him. I'm actually excited to get into this series. I was a little like, 
hesitant after mm-hmm. rereading the Black Dagger Brotherhood because I was like, oh yep. man, I, I, yeah, I don't know, you know. But yeah. it's a solid start, um, especially yeah. for especially for like a book two. Like I feel like we're yeah, okay, okay. Um, it's a very good book too. Yes, very good book too. Uh, what are you gonna say? Is he a what a Mick? I was gonna say McDreamy to McSteamy. Where are you at? Oh, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it was a McDreamy to McSteamy. I think like in outside the bedroom, very McDreamy. Inside the bedroom, very McPoor. <laughs> <laughs> I said he was a McFuck you all over the house because they were having sex against her counter, on her couch, on her bed, in the shower. Like it's a great use doing, of space. Leaning her over stuff. Great use of space. Great use of space. Great use of just like every time he saw her in a different area of the house, he was like, "Well, now I must fuck you in this area of the house." And I think that again. That is a very good thing. Uh, good thing. I think he yeah. should just, everyone should always do that. I think that is uh, it's a win. It's a win for it's mankind. A win. It's, a, it's win. a win for sunshine. It's a win for everyone. Yep. It's a win. Shani, uh, <laughs> would you recommend this book? Yes, I recommend this book. One and two so far. So good. What did you give it a four overall? I gave it a four Three overall. overall. I gave it a four, okay. four overall. Because like it's still in the beginning of world building and yeah. Sometimes that can feel a little sluggy, but yeah. I think that's the price you pay for getting into, you know, a series like this. Yeah, such a complex world. Yeah. Yeah. So I I also gave it a four. I feel like potentially if we did half stars, I would say that it would be three and a half stars because maybe a half star is just like nostalgia. But also it's just exciting because I love I love when I read series that you already know the characters that will be in future books because then you already have some context about who they are. And I'm excited then to read their book. Like I know Wolf eventually will get a book. I know Zarek will eventually get a book. I know Ashron will eventually get a book. So it's fun for me to, you get a taste of them without a romantic partner in the mix and like Valerian and then you know, okay, well, how, how is that then going to translate into like who could fit them as a partner? Um, so Zarek is actually the next book that we're going to be reading, which is Dance with the Devil. So we'll probably read that maybe next month or something. And, or actually probably in two months. And Zarek is, uh, who does he follow? Oh, Astrid um, is the one that he falls in love with. And as I recall, I liked it, but also I don't remember it that well. So I'm excited. I don't remember. It's all new for me. Also, whenever I hear the name Astrid from now until the end of fucking time, I will only think Uh of Jan from The Office naming her baby Astrid and that nobody knew what it was. And so they were like, Astrid. And they, they spelled all things wrong. And she's like, it's Astrid. And I'll never forget like that, that level of like, um, of, I don't know. You know when people name their baby something they think is so fancy or so whatever? So from now until the end of time, Astrid will just always have that kind of connotation. It's Astrid. It's amazing. amazing. I fucking love The Office. So they say in in TV shows, it's really dangerous to have the two characters who are pining for each other get together Mm -hmm. um, because then some people will like not watch the show anymore because they were waiting for them to get together. And the office is the perfect case for that for me because I was longing with Jim and Pam. I mean, I was the episode at the end of season one, I believe when he's standing and they're in the office together 
and she's going to marry the other guy. And he's like, don't do it. Like, don't marry him. I'm yeah. asking you not to. And she's like, I ha- I can't, I have to, or whatever she says. And the way they look at each other, I'm just like stabbed me in the heart. First so of all, when I tell you that me and my college boyfriend watched the episode where they finally kiss and get together. And the whole time I was like, Jimmy Pam, Jimmy Pam. <laughs> like, I was losing. Like we fucked so hard right after the episode was over. Cause I was like overcome with emotion. Like, I was just like, my whole body was in it. And I was like, well, I don't need to watch the show anymore. Yeah. Done it. There you together, know, we've done it. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is like, the crazy thing is like, um, those people who can do deep dives into shows and stuff like that and all the things, mm-hmm. I cannot do that. The only show I can do that for is The Office. I own it every season of it on Amazon Prime. And that's because they took it off of Netflix. And I was like, this is my fall asleep show because yeah. I can hear the show and play the scenes in my mind at the same time same. without ever no. having to look at it. So it's, I didn't know this was everybody. I think it's like a, a like almost a little bit of like one of those autistic, like, you know, you're autistic if you, you watch The Office over and over and over again. That's that's me. And I can tell you right now, the episode you're talking about is the end of season two because that's season how many two? times. Okay. And okay. but not only but but also because it happened so early on, I realized when I'm rewatching it that like I always think I have to get deeper into like season four to get to that point. And no, it happens at the end of season two, which means that But they're they're long they're already like clearly in love with each other first episode yes season one. yeah like, yeah see, I mean, looking at each other like that was that was the thing they already put into place but mm-hmm. season one is still that janky season where steve yeah, is still is more of a janky. dick and whatever yeah and then season three is when he ends up going to the other office um, right. or whatever and they have that yeah. long distance situation and he gets and then yeah. he gets with rashida jones's character yeah. and you know that whole thing right so but one of the things i i like love and hate about the office is that that happens so early on. That's only season two when he's confessing his love. And I was like, y'all should have, y'all should have held that out. Not only that, but I absolutely hate. And I think they ruined the office, ruined it with Andy's character. Mm. That, that girl, the the dude guy, literally when he, when they introduced him, every time I get to that point, I go, this was the worst choice anybody made. Right? Like, they were trying to create every time they brought in somebody that was supposed to be Steve Carell's character, essentially like a new right. version of Steve Carell's character. It was just not good. They did it with um, yeah. the guy, the guy from SNL. What's his name? Will Ferrell. Uh, they, mm-hmm. but Andy was just like not a lovable version. Yeah. And Steve Carell was sure. still a weirdly lovable version of an idiot, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I have so yeah. many feelings about the offset. Yeah, that vulnerability that made you, like understand that his being a jerk came from a place of like deep deep uh like anxiety anxiety and not and not and wanting, and wanting to, to be accepted so desperately wanting yes. to be accepted so desperately i do not fall asleep to that show that is not the show i rewatch uh i would say that if i have a show because i like to have shows playing in the background while doing basically everything in my life so i will do new girl or Mindy project if I want to just be laughing and like chuckling along with my day and then if I want to watch something that I've watched before but I don't really want to pay attention I'll do like a movie I do a lot of movies that I've seen before I like to do epics because they're longer and the soundtracks are really good and then also I'll do 
you know, something like, I don't know, Vampire Diaries in the background, again, good soundtracks, or I'll do Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or um, I do do a lot of movie soundtracks. The new girl I could definitely, I could definitely see because the jokes hit. I fucking love new girl. It makes me laugh out loud so hard. I love it. Nobody knows how to play true American because they never okay. explained the rules. They just made them up. They didn't even have the rules in the scripts. They talk about this in the show. They just gave them like phrases to say. So they're just shouting at each other, doing <laughs> random stuff. And then people cobbled together the sh- like based on what happens in the show, people like cobbled together a set of rules. Yeah. Um, but, but no, but I love drinking games. So I would yeah. imagine that. I, I should have figured it out and played. but I I, Honestly, I think it actually come up with some rules that people could play. This would be the best way for me to exercise. This is this, like things like this are the yeah. best way for me to get my heart rate up in a way that tricks me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would play that game. I would play that game. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yes, all right. Jay, cool. Jay, Jay. <laughs> so good. All right, dear listeners. That's all we have for you today. As always, if you want to review the show, that would be very helpful because it helps us move up the rankings, helps people discover the show. Um, Just generally, it's a free way that you can support us. You can also buy the books that we are reading through our links, grab some Magic Mind with our code. All of those affiliates help us pay for, uh, you know, running this podcast and keep uh, keep us going. And as always... Until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hands, your best friend. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts screenshot your review send it to us on instagram and we'll send you some stickers now bridge let's get back to the ratings yes